the theater we went to yesterday, uh, we the movie started and we got like 90 seconds in, and then um, <laughs> and then the movie turned off mm-hmm. and the lights went up. And someone was like, there's a fire in the mall, so you need to evacuate. Blackout, blackout, if you will. Literally, no, literally, though. <laughs> it was like, uh, if it's got to happen, might as well happen for this movie. I'm yeah, drinking this. I'm a drink witcher. I can't see you yet, but I will. Kiju didn't give um, me champagne because she doesn't value my friendship as much as she values I do her value, friendship with I you. I do value your friendship. Jackson, it's in the mail right now. <laughs> Maybe next. Well, I week. think the joke, the joke I made when we were walking out of the um, theater to you know the place we went to when during the uh, fire dealing with thing because the it cut to black spoilers for like the first thirty seconds of the movie when Usnavi's <laughs> like like bang like uh, um, snoozing his alarm. Um, and it cut to black and he was still kind of sprawled like, in bed. Yeah. I made the joke, like, that's the visual metaphor of, like, snoozing your alarm and then going back to sleep and then waking up two hours after you're supposed to be at work or <laughs> right, something yeah. like that. Yeah, we were uh, like, oh, what a fun directorial choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this directorial choice is a little time-consuming. You're like, uh, oh, they turned the lights all the way on? <laughs> <laughs> it's, part of the, it's part of the show. It's, par- it's 4D. Ever seen Shrek 4D before? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, for those wondering, we are we are going sans Adeline today because we don't like her anymore. Um, she, I didn't even know that. She, you didn't even know that we weren't going to have Adeline I today. I don't think so. I think I blocked oh. it from my memory or okay. something. Adeline was just, her or me. Exactly. Walk from it's the true. We choose, we choose Elin. Elin has replaced Adeline permanently, as far as you know. Um, uh. So, in case it's not clear, we are discussing In the Heights today. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know. I Here's what I'll say. All three Can of us got to see this ourselves? in theaters, which is great. I think probably the only way that we could acceptably see this movie and speak on it afterwards. Um, and <laughs> I think... I didn't watch like, it. I don't know. I'll just say that, like, you guys have a very strong relationship with In the Heights, whereas I do not. I am aware of In the Heights. Uh, <laughs> I know of it. I know, like, kind of generally what it's about. I mean, I've seen the movie now, but, like, going into it, like, yeah. I, I know, I knew of In the Heights, but I had no meaningful, strong feelings about it. What about you? How do you feel about In the Heights? Just, yeah, general thoughts about the movie? Honestly, like... Just a or no, I just meant like your relationship well, wait, to the show. To, I want you guys to, to explain. Clarify, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, okay, yeah, yeah. To clarify, I'm gonna go second because Elon, I feel like you have the most stakes <laughs> in the game personally. So <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, my name is Keisha Rose. Ah fuck! Hi, what's up? Before. My name's Jackson McMurray. <laughs> my name is Keisha Rhodes, and this is and our Elon. beautiful, wonderful <laughs> guest, Elon Hernandez. I think I put I'm putting him on my screen. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Is. You know, you go. You have exactly the correct placement. Of intuition. Elon um, took Elon Adeline's is our place. guest because we love him. He knows lots about musicals, <laughs> and he actually was in In the Heights. So he like he he knows the background minutia of what's going on here. He's behind the so, scenes. <laughs> he's behind the scenes. He's he's on the in inside. <laughs> 
I am. I am. Yeah. So yeah, my my history with this show is that um, I, I my freshman year of high school, um, I was I played Sonny, who um, uh, Gregory Diaz uh, plays in the movie, the the younger cousin uh, who works in the um, bodega, the little corner store with um, protagonist Usnavi. Um, so yeah, it was like my freshman year of high school. I was I'd done theater kind of recreationally just as like a kid, and then that was kind of the first kind of big show I got to do. And really in the Heights for me, like just artistically was like kind of the introduction to what um, theater could be because it was the first show that I really saw that, you know, for me as a, you know, Latino, um, you know, uh, you know, youth being introduced to that kind of material. I remember like the winter before auditions for that show, my freshman year, like my aunt during Christmas was showing me the video of like the Tony performance. Um, This show, just a quick kind of um, background about obviously it was uh, it won the Tony Award for Best in Musical. Uh, in 2008, won like four Tonys, um, really successful run and just like a beautiful story. So I saw the Tony performance like on YouTube, like the December of my um, freshman year. And I just kind of saw that and was kind of just my mind was just kind of blown artistically about kind of what theater and that kind of storytelling could be because I hadn't seen anything like that before. So that kind of changed the game for me. And then I got to be in it. um, And just, you know, what a wonderful, just personal artistic experience that was. And it's just kind of endured all these years, not only as a great memory, but just as a great, you know, piece of art that I just revisit constantly just because I love the score. And obviously I've been hyped for this movie to come about. So this was a, this was a definitely a fun time and a fun kind of landmark thing to like anticipate and finally experience for sure. And then here's my relationship after that. Here's what I'll say. I then transferred to the high school that you guys (laughs) attended the year after that. So I got to hear everybody just like say the words, look at the fireworks a lot. And just like heard (laughs) people say like, good morning, Usnavi quite a bit. And I was like, oh, it's from a musical, I guess. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, approximately, I suppose seven years later, I went to this movie and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Pretty good show, it seems. Seems like. <laughs> I will say that as a self-diagnosed theater kid uh, <laughs> in recovery, <laughs> um, like this, this we we've the theater kids we've known about Lin Manuel Miranda like way longer <laughs> than everyone else. Like everyone learned about him in like 2017, which was still like a couple years after Hamilton came out. Right. I remember my boss would like make fun of me for stuff like. Hamilton, and then in 2017, he's like, Hamilton's really good. Did you know that Hamilton's good? I was like, I played, I would play In the Heights or Hamilton in my dorm room, and this one girl walked in one time, and she was like, Keisha, I didn't know you listened to rap. That's really cool. (laughs) That's so funny. And I rolled with it. I rolled with it. (laughs) But like this, this musical is like single-handedly responsible for white boy rapping like white boy theater rapping in like 2014 2013 oh i mean like there's a lot of this but it's like but with also like they're tap dancing at the same time right i mean i am i am fascinated by lin-manuel miranda just as a cultural juggernaut because like what i've noticed is that like literally every single like original musical like animated musical like has to have like a rap number in it now like you have to do a Lin-Manuel Miranda like rap song in every 
animated musical from now on. Like, not only just because of this, but because of stuff like Moana, like, it just, like, is part of the cultural zeitgeist. Exactly. And, which is why I bring it up, like, it is... Well, the music. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I can't think of, like, an individual that I can credit such a weird cultural shift to quite so cleanly as that, you know? Like, I I, I think about, and a lot of it's not only that, it's also partially because a lot of the people who like, worked on Hamilton and In the Heights and different things are, like, branching out and doing other things. So it's also partially that. But, like, I think about Over the Moon, which was the Netflix animated musical. I think about the Central Park show on Apple TV, which is pretty good. People aren't talking about it. It's pretty good. But there's got to be, like, a rap song every episode because of Lady manuel Miranda, you know? And, like, <laughs> it's just such a... He is such an absolute he's such an absolute unit that it just, I can't, it's one of, he's like one of the few people that I feel like is just like singularly responsible for like a massive cultural shift, like all on his own, you know? And it's just wild. Like the dude's written like two musicals and then he just becomes like the most successful film composer and producer of his generation, (laughs) you know? Still holding out for that EGOT though. Does he not? He doesn't have an egot no already. No Oscar. No Oscar. Mm, yeah. No Oscar. Needs the Oscar. Yeah. We were he close get, there with Moana. I was gonna say else. I thought for sure he would have gotten song with Moana. Or, yeah, right. Like that's what I was saying too. I called doing, it. And I was wrong. He's doing Little Mermaid. Yeah. He's doing Little Mermaid this year. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's doing the music for it, so I'm sure that's his. That's his next play. Right. Uh, or like this, maybe. Oh, I guess I guess he would have a writing credit on this. I guess he would win the Oscar for this if this got best song. Uh, that would have this is gonna have to win best song. What else yeah. would there even be this <laughs> it's year? Gonna have to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, movies like, are still coming yeah. out. But like, what other? I mean, unless yeah. it's like some song from the credits from some Oscar drama about slavery or something. Oh, like, Uka, I don't know. Maybe. Might have a nice song. Could be. I mean, could obviously, be, there's be. a lot of um, there's a lot of movie musicals coming out this year, as a lot of musical fans know. But I, yeah, unless there's like a unless there's like a new song that's being written, right? Um, like you remember, like you might remember, like yeah, was it like ten years ago now when uh, the Les Mis movie came out? The the right. original song that was nominated was a new song written for the movie. Oh, um, so if yeah, and I think so. I think mm-hmm. in terms of like eligibility, it has to be like a new song Does to it? be nominated. Do you for, think? I'm do you think Pascal and Paul might swoop in there? They might just like. I don't know that they're writing a new song for the movie at this might, time. Though. I'm not I sure like if they, they are, but if they do, if they do, then certainly they would definitely be in play for sure. But yeah, you got West Side Story, uh, Spielberg's West Side oh, West Story. Side. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember. I forgot yeah. about West Side. Yeah. 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 Dear Evan Hansen, uh, Tick Tick Boom, uh, which also is another. Right. It's uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's directorial, is... directorial debut, which will be on Netflix this right, right, fall, right. I think. With Andrew. Um, know... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love. Have you guys seen that trailer? I love the trailer. I haven't seen it. I yet. haven't seen it. I didn't even know. Yeah. Please watch the trailer. It's it's. <laughs> I could I could live off of the energy of the first thirty seconds like for the rest of this year. It's beautiful. I love Andrew Garfield. <laughs> so when I heard that the two of them were collaborating already, it was just like yeah, you know, like give you know, I'll, you know, just take my money. But then I see, you see the trailer and you see all the other great talent that's going to be a part of it. It's going to be hopefully a really really special thing for sure. He's never directed before, has he? This is his first time. Yeah. directing this will mm-hmm. yeah this will be his fe- feature debut I'm right pretty sure i wonder i wonder how yeah. it's gonna go i wonder how it's gonna feel maybe we'll he'll see. be a krasinski yeah. 
He'll be a, a G.D. Krasinski. I really think... Yeah, just like naturally gifted for yeah, some, somehow. for some reason. Yeah. No, I really think, like, it's fascinating to me that, like, you know, this whole batch of movies that we're, like, experiencing right now, these, like, first forays, like, back into, like, releasing big movies again and, like, getting people in theaters again. I think, like, we're kind of getting what feels like a lot of, like... Like, movies that the studios weren't, like, super mega confident about right up front, you know? Like, when they're moving stuff around, I feel like they pushed all the good stuff a lot further back than, than the stuff they weren't weren't quite <laughs> as good on. And, like, mm-hmm. so far, I think, like, in the time since I've gone back to theaters, I think, like, the two movies I think are, like, really sincerely great that I would, like, tell people, like, you gotta see these would be this, would be In the Heights and uh, Quiet Place 2. I think those are the two that, like, really, I was like, that ruled. I'm so excited to have seen that. Everything else so far this year, I've been kind of like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm happy to be back at the theater, at least, <laughs> you know? Mm. Yes. <laughs> That's how I felt about, I was thinking, I was processing through the movies that I've seen. Right. I saw Promising Young Woman first. That was the first movie I went right. back and saw. And I oh, really wow. liked cool. it, but I was also like, wow, I'm in a theater. Yeah. I, like, sanitized to my seat. And everything. And I was like, I can't, like, music is loud. Things are <laughs> happening. The colors are bright. Right. Like, and then I saw, um, I saw Kong versus Godzilla. Yes, in the, the masterpiece. Theaters, which was also, again, like, not my fave out of the bunch. But right. I was still like, wow, King Kong is so big. This right. is amazing and this is great. But this movie, I was smiling. Oh, I also saw The Father in theaters, which... <laughs> That's right. I did not. I did not enjoy. The fire. I didn't. I didn't like it. I'm sad. I spent money on it. Right. <laughs> but this movie, I was smiling the whole time, unless I was crying, which was which happened. Yes, fair. But like, just even the first number, I, I, I don't know about you, but when um, the Greatest Showman came out, everyone was like, "Kija, you're gonna love it. This is the movie it was made for you because you're a theater person." Blah 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 right. blah. And I was like, maybe. And then every theater person I knew was like, you're going to hate it. It's terrible. It's it's so bad. You're... <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is right. good. Yeah. Like, it's pretty good. But like this movie, I feel like my problem with um, The Greatest Showman is I feel like it didn't quite capture what live theater feels like. Like they right. they did the dances and they had and they sounded good and the music was beautiful and, and it was filmed in an interesting way, but it still just didn't feel like alive but this movie for me felt alive like the whole time right and it's so exciting i'm so excited i've been waiting for this day for <laughs> for oh, two years three years however many years we've been waiting it's right. been a long time so I, i'm i'm just over the moon right i'm trying to think back because the first movie i saw back was nobody with bob odenkirk and that movie fucking whips ass that movie's incredible <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't include it in my list of, like, what I think, like, the best movies are just because I know it wouldn't necessarily be for everybody because it's just, like, sort of a schlocky, yeah. like, like sub-John Wick action movie. But movie does rule, and I was like, the movies are back. We've done it. We're here. Uh, but, like, after that, I saw, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong. I saw Ray and the Last Dragon. I saw uh, Conjuring 3. I saw, like, what else? Cruella. I'm trying to, like, go back. Uh, but, like, you know, all these movies where I'm like, that was good. You know, in a way that it's, like, 
over that amount of time in a regular year, there probably would have been at least one like really good movie, you know, but we just never quite, <laughs> never quite got there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, In the Heights, I think is like truly, I think Warner Brothers was really, really positioning this to be like their big theater play. Like, you know, like obviously they've already had Godzilla, they've already had Conjuring, but I think like this is the movie that they really, really are pushing hard for in the way that, like, Disney's going to be pushing hard for Black Widow or, like, you know, uh, Paramount's going to be push or Universal's going to be pushing for Fast, for for Nine. Like, <laughs> it feels like every studio has this movie that they're like, this is our summer movie we want people to go see quite badly. And I feel like this is that version of that for them. And I hope, I hope it plays out because I think it's good and I think it's exciting this, like, big musical resurgence we're seeing right now. And I think it's cool that like, they've mostly turned out pretty good so far, you know, besides cats debatably. I think that turned out pretty much exactly as good as it ever could have. So (laughs) that's just my opinion, (laughs) but (laughs) you're not wrong. That's not incorrect. Right. But, but you know, this is so much better than cats. It's so much better than cats. I saw cats in theater. I went on. I saw cats on Christmas Day. I saw the. I saw cat in. So, I saw a cat in theaters, two times. I went two bespoke <laughs> times. You saw that twice, man. I did. And look at us now. I saw. I mean, look. I saw it once, just the first time, and I was like, "That was great. What a great time!" And then the second time I saw it was at a screening on campus. There was like a like a rowdy like free student screenings that they would do every week. And one time they were doing Cats, and that shit got wild in a way that was (laughs) extremely memorable. And it was also, I believe, my last theatrical experience before the pandemic. (laughs) It's like in like mid-March. Oh, God! Oh, Uh, God! And we were all like cheering and like booing Idris Elba and like... Yeah, McCavity. People just... I just remember... Like, people just fucking gasping in shock. That first time Idris Elba, like, disappears and makes that meow noise. Remember that? People just, I just saw, like, a paw fall over the room. They were, they were, they were horrified. It is the best night of my life, perhaps. Like, you still want him to be James Bond after that? Is that what you all want? Yeah. Careful what you wish for, you motherfucker. You still think he's the sexiest man alive? <laughs> That's right. Oh. Yeah, kind of, I guess. It's sure. so wild that Taylor Swift was in that movie. How wild is that? So many people. <laughs> How does that so happen? Many. She loves cats. She's a cat lady. Oh, really? Wait, she like the, three. she loves the show cats or the, the animal cats? All of the above, I think. She's got Assumedly. like... If Maddie was here, she would be able to tell you. But they're named after Grey's Anatomy characters. So I'm going to go for... <laughs> Taylor Swift's cats? Yes, Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. They're like Meredith they're... and Olivia yeah, Benson. And... Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then also there's... um, there's Who's the one that just got stabbed this season? <laughs> stabbed to death? I... <laughs> he was like the main character for 15 years. I think... Oh, and he got stabbed to death because he was chasing after like a a sex a sex trafficker or something. 
I think cats named after Grey's Anatomy characters is like the saddest collection of words that I could ever think of. Like, I don't think there's <laughs> a more the tragic sense. They're gonna get mad at you. <laughs> like, the Swifties that are gonna is so wild. Uh, Her cats are quite adorable, though. I didn't. Yeah, you know what? Swifties. Come at me. She should have less sad names for her cats. I think that's a fair <laughs> criticism of a public figure. I named I named my cat Hamlet because I thought Hammy was like a really cute name. All right, all right. Oh, and, yeah. I, and But he turned out to be crazy. So, like, I can't tell if I was just really appropriate in naming him or right. if I cursed him. So, yeah, I think, guy, yeah. <laughs> how, are you guys, how are you guys feeling about pop culture pet names when you like meet somebody and they're like this is my dog his name's kylo ren or whatever like what do you think like thumbs up thumbs down i mean you do you i guess like (laughs) if it's like if it doesn't i don't know because i feel like to do that it either has to be like a real good like personality match or like kind of a a visual match i guess like those are the two things come to mind but like because if it's not either of those things, then I'll probably be like, probably it's a little bit weird, but, you know, you do you, I guess. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Overall, I'm, I'm just asking that, you, know. you to be judgmental and you don't have the capacity <laughs> yeah, yeah. for it. That's okay. I'm going to name my next, I'm going to name my next pet Lin-Manuel Miranda. Nice. That's a good call. Uh, like, this is my pet, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I knew about him way before you did. <laughs> I've got this dog because my high school in 2008. In yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was oh I already knew about Hamilton when it was off Broadway, <laughs> which is true. These are all sentences I've said, <laughs> so I'm gonna stand uh, by him. So I went to see In the Heights today with my partner Anna, who I don't think she was in In the Heights, but she was around. She might have been on crew for In the Heights for she, for your I think so. Heights. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is. She has a paler complexion. <laughs> um, not that that stopped anybody. I was gonna say I don't think Danny Palumba was much better. So, uh, Danny Palumba, if you're out there, how's it going? Nice to see you. We haven't talked in a while, but I'm sure we're still on good terms. Maybe not after that. Who's to say? All Maybe right. not after that. Uh, but like, this is just like here's here's what I'm trying to say. Me not really knowing much about In the Heights besides just the general idea of it. We didn't saw that movie, just fucking vibed. I was like, this is great, like, way into it. And so, like, the movie wrapped up, and I, like, turned to Anna, and I was like, oh, this is great. And she was like, like, literally the first thing she said when she turned to me was, well, I had a lot of problems with it. <laughs> just in a way that only somebody who cares that much about the musical a movie is based on would say, you know? So I guess that's what I want to, like, ask you guys, like... As an adaptation, like what's the vibe? Because I was like, that's great, and I can't, I can't speak to yeah. it. I'd like, I'd like your perspective. <laughs> I'll go. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. it. I, 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 I saw the differences, but I think that it is an adaptation. And I went and listened to all of the songs that got cut from the from the movie version. Right. And a lot of them, like the. The thing is that it's a different medium. Like, a movie and a musical mm. are completely different, and I would so much rather they be... And I think they were really intentional about the songs that they kept in and forming it. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I haven't had alcohol in a while. That's really... Use my I'm crapping mine open right now. How do you get this bullshit off? cold champagne. It's silver. I can only get Prosecco. I'm a fake and a phony. 
I didn't think you'd want a whole bottle, but... <laughs> okay, anyway. I, I, I think that this movie did a really good job of taking the musical as it was and taking the themes of home and, like, what dreams are and, A, translating them to the screen, but then also, like, this was written and performed during... Like, the end of the Bush administration. (laughs) Right, yeah. That's, like, that's what I've been thinking about, is it's so fascinating taking something from, like, end of Bush, beginning of Obama era, like, politics and, like, understanding of, like, what it means to, like, be the child of an immigrant family, and then translating it into what was supposed to be, like, 2020 Trump administration (laughs) stuff. Which is now, you know, it's it's not like it's any different. We saw Kamala Harris talking about immigrants, but, you know, we don't even <laughs> right. talk about that. <laughs> but I, I think that it captured the magic of what live theater is. I think that it adapted things well. I didn't really miss the songs. Like, my favorite song from In the Heights got cut, and I still think that, like, this is a really good translation for, from everything. But also, I don't have as many personal ties I do feel like as the child of like an immigrated family and like hearing phrases like faces that are the same as mine and seeing like these pan cultural like potlucks happen with like ropa vieja and tamales and a bunch of different like cuisines from different countries. Like I relate to that as just like a non white person in America. So I, I loved it. I thought it was really, there were some things that like just as a movie, I was like, I wish that we talked about Benny a little more at the end, but <laughs> I know what happens to him, so it's fine. Right, yeah. I, to, well, from what I understand, one of the biggest things that got cut was like a subplot where Jimmy Smits was racist and they try to like yeah, help him not be I racist. Yeah, I don't think we need that. To which I say like, I don't think I want that. I don't think I wanted to see that in this movie. Like, I'm totally good without that being in there. I really think like, uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. To hear to hear Anna tell it, like the things that they changed were like, the the whole lottery subplot got like sort of switched around, uh, mm-hmm. because they they in the musical you know that what's her name won the lottery like from the fireworks sequence and he has the money uh, the whole that. rest before right. it yeah uh. And that sort of contributes to, like, the tension of the fireworks song because there's, like, literally, like, a duffel bag of money they're yeah. trying to protect in all the chaos. Ooh, um, Snappy, please promise me you'll guard this with your life. Uh, a boy love, never seen this much money in my life. You know, and, you know what right. I'm talking about. And I think, <clears throat> I think I have come up with a thesis on, like, exactly what they did. And I'm just going to, like, say this as a white person. I'll get your perspective. But I think that... They're being really intentional about, like, getting rid of the things that you're, like, really tired of seeing in, like, POC-led movies. They're, like, racism subplot? No thanks, don't need it. Plot where, like, money just solves all the problems and, like, physically protecting money is a big issue, don't need it. Any subplot that involves, like, crime or, like, being worried about crime or, you know, like, you know, worried, worried about your safety in an urban area, just get it out of there. Like... That that felt like mm-hmm. the biggest intentionality to me is just like eliminating. I don't want to say like stereotypes, but like the things that we've but like seen things that so could often, be like taken yeah. that direction in like a negative way, right? Yeah, because I noticed those things too. Like 
the the whole the Benny's character in the musical is like he's the one non-latino person or like a non-latino person in the community right and he doesn't speak spanish and so like his whole thing is he's getting to know nina and he's learning to speak spanish and he's learning how to navigate with like her dad with kevin is his name kevin? uh jimmy Am smith I as i would know him yeah 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 kevin yeah <laughs> but i don't i think it's better to be in this movie that like he is kind and loving to his employees <laughs> right and, yeah like he respects him as a worker i think that's really awesome and like we don't need it's already like two hours and 23 minutes long it's a pretty long like, movie, we don't yeah. need to add in he doesn't speak spanish and he doesn't fit in and he needs to because we still get a good like character arc with with benny right it's just different. I think I don't mind it being different, but I'm also I've, I haven't been like super tied down to in the heights my whole life. So, what do you think, Elon? Well, I think I think Jackson, you bring up a good point, and I I I, I I've, I've still been kind of processing this since yesterday and rewatching right. parts of the movie today. But I I, I would have to agree with you because I've been trying to think kind of like cumulatively, thinking of all the changes, all the sort of like philosophical changes per se in terms of like how some like uh character arcs are sort of um adjusted updated and i i would agree with you because i think that this movie you know from one of the earliest things that i heard just about like concept and vision like i think it was in a moment Miranda talking about john shu's kind of vision and wanting to really use the entire cinematic scope to just make the dreams of really of just, you know, the dignity and the dreams of just everyday working people mm-hmm. in uh, a Latino community, um, large as life on screen. I think that when you look at this version of the story, I think that all of those elements are kind of front and center. And so we don't really, like, it seems like this this adaptation really wanted to, first and foremost, kind of double down on that, capa- the capacity to double down on portraying that and not right. so much focusing on the... Um, I don't want to say minutia because there's a version of the story. There's a version of this film where having that plot of the, um, I guess, yeah, you could say kind of the racism plot more in the musical. It's more of a thing where like, um, I think that because culturally there's obviously differences between the black community and the Latino community. Mm -hmm. And there's just kind of, you know, cultural differences and maybe other differences as well. Um, some of which you could probably say are, are Mm -hmm. racial, um, racially prejudiced, but um, there is some of that in the musical, and there's also yeah the the there's that, but there's also the aspect as well where yeah in the in the stage version, when the blackout happens and the fireworks happen, um, the the um, you know the the local businesses, but mostly like the um, the corner store that Usnavi store like gets you know um, gets uh, um, uh, looted mm-hmm. and like you know windows are broken, so that's a big kind of plot point because then like that all happens, the store's all busted up, and they're like cleaning glass the next morning, whatever. Um, you know, and that's kind of used as a plot device for like an obstacle right. and whatnot. Um, and so I guess maybe like with the movie, um, which is not to say that the, those things didn't work on stage, right. but you know, in terms of like bringing that to the screen, you know, and you know, maybe not knowing of or no, or you know, having a different goal. Um, right. And maybe not or having just enough like, time. You know, like 14, you know. 15 years of societal differences, like things you want yeah. to do might be different now than they were then. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a version of that movie where delving into those aspects with the, you know, with the right amount of time and depth would work. But I think in terms of looking at the way this movie chose to um, kind of go about, you know, 
adapting itself to the screen, I don't think it had the capacity to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly not mm-hmm. enough time. Um, and so I think just looking at the way they spent the time <clears throat> to tell this story, I think that uh, it would have been it would have been doing a disservice, kind of like uh, some of you guys were alluding to, to just kind of sprinkle those things in there without giving it the amount of um, depth that it deserved. Right. Because otherwise, is... it would it would potentially have the risk of perpetuating stereotypes and whatnot. So, yeah. I, I do kind of and agree also, in, that, in that way. Like they have the ability to run with this like powerlessness motif for a, right. like a longer scope than is possible in a musical. Like it's not easy to be like, it's been three days and we still don't have power <laughs> without it like feeling stupid. And like Linda right. Miranda is a very good lyricist, and I feel like there's hardly a time where he. There's an instance in Hamilton where there's a song and Jefferson's like, there's Hamilton. He just disgraced himself. Let's go tell him what we know. And like that, I'm like, that's I kind of the feel worst like he's ever done. I've talked about that's this before. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda's lyrics are so funny because he gets away with so much in that like fast, <laughs> like rap stage pattern where like you listen back to the lyrics and you're just like, he's just like describing things that are happening right now. Like this is at speaking pace though. They're like, let's go tell them what we know. That's oh. literally what they <laughs> okay, say. Okay, right, right. But in, but in the musical, like, it's like a three-day, it's like a weekend. Right. Like, that's how long that, it's, it moves very quickly. And so then, like, Benny and Nina falling in love, you're like, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> right. Like, sure, sure, yeah, like, he's, Usnavi got $96,000 yesterday <laughs> and he's hopping a plane tomorrow, right, I guess. Yeah. Like, because it's a musical. But in this movie, like, they can say, no, this is the whole summer. Like, we've, we haven't had power for a whole week, and that is affecting us. Right. Which, like, translates to, like, we are facing this unstoppable force of, like, the DACA Act being revoked. And, like, we can't go out and get driver's licenses or go to college or whatever. Like, and there is powerlessness in that that mm-hmm. we don't know how to resolve. Like, we can't resolve it from our level of, of life. Which I think I'll, I'm happy that that could be used in the movie in like a much like broader sense, you right. know. And I think I do think that this movie does the thing that drives me kind of crazy in movies sometimes, where you have a time jump, and it does not appear that basically anything has happened during the time jump, and then you jump ahead, and it seems mm-hmm. like everybody's thinking and feeling pretty much the exact same thing that they were before the time jump. You know, it's that Wonder Woman 1984 thing where you're just like. <laughs> I guess nothing has happened in the last 70 years. I guess there were no meaningful developments over the last month of, of packing for your trip to go live in Dominican Republic, you know? Just like Yeah, th- that's true. <laughs> Which is, you know, good and bad. Because I think what you're saying is true. I think that, like, the, the scope of it being different is meaningful, but I also think just the execution of that, like... Yeah, they could have just said two weeks later. Or, like, you know, give somebody a mustache or some reading glasses or something, at least, you know? <laughs> like, everybody looks exactly the same. <laughs> I did. I loved that they had Nina start out with her straight, straight hair. Right. And then they, she had her natural hair. That was, oh, oh, these numbers. The musical numbers are so good, you guys. They're really good. That's the thing. I just, like, I'm going to be upset if you didn't like them. No, of course. I think, like, the whole thing about this movie is just, like, how fucking good it feels to have loud-ass music and a bunch of people dancing on a big screen. It rules. Like, and, you know, like, all like all these things we're talking about, all these, like, narrative uh, ideals and, like, what it's really saying and, like, the heart of the narrative, all these things are, like, fully and completely secondary 
to like how sick that shot is, like right near the beginning during Good Morning Usnavi, where he's like looking out the window and the camera's zooming in on him, and you just see all the people uh. dancing reflected in the window, and you never cut straight to him. It kicks ass. It's so good. And like and then he's just every there, time, and they're just like going people, so hard. Yeah, they're going so hard, and just like people dancing is cool. Like that's Dude, something that I like people wanna... don't get right now. It's like people just dancing and like the music being loud rules. Yeah, Dude, I just want to I just want to say because that that image is in the trailer, the very first trailer right. dropped. And when I saw that, and just seeing it in the movie, that, that's just I think that might be my favorite shot of the movie. To my, it's up there. But like the words that came in my mind was like. I don't know if this is just over the top and it's just, you know, maybe emotionally biased, but like that right there, like for me, I've never seen that before. So for me, like seeing that inventiveness, creativity was like just a miracle of musical theater imagery, right. like on screen, mm-hmm. like just that, that because in the trailer too, the initial trailer, there's a lot of shots like that where it's like, you know, where it's about kind of, you know, visual motifs of like reflection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the way that they use that kind of throughout the movie in different ways. And so that's just an example of like just really cool ideas um, to to just, yeah, show the scope and the um, because this is also kind of, you know, this is musical. This this story is is equal parts, you know, cool kind of urban grounded story with musical fantasy and whatnot. And so that's right. that's an example of the great kind of mixing of the two and whatnot. And it's such a good like framing device where. It's a father telling his daughter and her friends, like, why this is his home, like, overall. Right. It's so, and and so, like, these fantastical elements, like, we know from the very beginning when Usnavi is, like, he's, he's doing his rap and he's walking down the street and, like, there's music and beats that are following him and then he turns right to the camera and he's like, hey, yeah, good morning. Like, <laughs> right. you can tell that this is going to be fantastical. And then they go as far as they can to make it fantastical. Like, I'm so sick of these realistic musical bullshit. Like, oh, dude, we're singing live. It's the Les yeah. Mis. And Russell Crowe blew his voice out six months ago, but we're still going hard. And look at how realistic everything is. Like, no, that's not what musical theater is at all. It's never realistic. I think it shows so a lot of... awesome. I think every musical that comes out that doesn't do the Les Mis thing right now is showing, like, incredible restraint. That just feels like the kind of thing that they people want them to do. And I think that, like... I don't know. Do we know if West Side Story is going to do that? It feels like the kind of thing that might. How do you mean? Do you mean like the singing on li- live on set thing? Yeah, the live on set singing. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's a. Cause I th- I feel like that was a strength for that movie for Les Mis for me. Right. I've, I think because that had never been done before, and I think for that mm-hmm. particular piece, I think that that worked. Um. So I, and I don't know how many. I know that um the last five years, uh, film adaptation also did that. Right. Which and also kind of makes sense I for think, that. I think that they just. Oh, did they do like, that? I don't know. Yeah, La La Land was musical, live. For this musical, some of it is live. Like, just, like, all of Champagne was live. <laughs> oh, uh, was okay, it really? Cool. Sorry, to the, sorry to, the, to the to podcast listeners, but I held up my bottle of Champagne <laughs> just to be as a visual component. Um, but, like, I think the problem with Les Mis is that they, I like, the way that they did the, like, we'll have the composer follow the actor, like, sideways... The YouTube channel has done like a whole video on this. I, I think, think I've it seen just this one, yeah. I've seen yeah. this. Too, I yeah. really highly recommend Sideways, but I think that 
still just like I I like it when musicals are fun and big and bombastic. Right. And it's good to have big bombastic things with really talented Broadway actors um, who know what they're doing and the like. You can tell that John M. Chu like a loves musical theater. B has like a very fantastical brain and like is excited about things. Right. And then also like this is just such a huge love letter to like people who are of immigrant families. Like right. it's you can just you can feel it through like unspoken things. I was reading a review yesterday and they said I don't remember who wrote it, I'm so sorry. I'll credit them if I if it comes to me. But they were saying like this movie might not relate to everyone, but it will definitely resonate with everyone. Right. And I feel like that is mm. real true. I'm glad to hear you guys talk like this because something I've sort of become self-aware about in the last week or so is that I'm becoming worse and worse at not getting angry about stupid things I see online. And just as I was looking for, like, the negative reviews for the bit at the end of the show, I saw so many people being, like, literally only white people like this. Like, this is such white people shit. And, like, no, look at the reviews. All the good reviews, none of them are from people who aren't white. To which I was like, uh, and I like, I get all defensive, and I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, how could you... And it's just like, I don't know, it's just a good reminder. It's like, people online are fucking stupid and don't reflect any <laughs> reality. And I just need to, like, reel myself back in. I just noticed that recently. I've been getting so much more angry about dumb things I see online lately. And I need to, like, be more self-aware and just reel it back. That's just my own stuff I've been going through. And do you think those are kind of coming from a, a perspective of, like, oh, like, all these pe- all these white people are, like, kind of being disingenuous or like over like overly praising it so right. they don't seem so they seem anti-racist or whatever, right yeah you know which yeah that's just you know that's whatever um and like i think that this movie is like i don't know i think that i'm sorry i'm totally losing my train of thought i had something one moment well i think i have something to say okay like go. last like i when i was watching this like, the whole idea of little dignities and, like, preserving mm. your humanity, especially in a place where, like, my grandmother worked her whole life in, like, laundromats and, like, also working for, like, the family restaurant they opened and, like, was living in this society where, like, it's only white Canadians and, <laughs> right. like, people are, like, she doesn't speak the language. Like, my mom didn't learn English until she went to school, so... Like, all of these things are real things that, like, I'm not, I'm obviously not Latino or Latina, but, like, they, these are things that, like, my, like, non-white experiences, I, I'm seeing them on the screen. Right. And, like, it's, for, like, even, like, the idea of, like, maybe I should have never come here, like, I should have, I should have just stayed, like, I should have stayed in my own country. Like, right. I talked about that with my grandpa when, like, as he was dying like that was his dying one of his dying thoughts was right. like maybe i should have been like i should have stayed home but like also this is like i can't go back now and like i can't i don't want to regret anything that i've done but like how do i reconcile this idea like that abuela claudia is wrestling with where like i could go home i could go back to where like the faces are the same as my face but also like this is my home now. I've created it here. Right. And like that's that's not like a very traditional white American experience as right. far as I've seen. No. And like that's something that I would I'm so thankful that like 
people will see and at least be able to visualize for two hours. Right. Because that's something that a lot of people, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who's has a family like this. Right. So, like, to be able to experience that is such a huge thing. And I think so. that, like, a lot of what this movie is sort of postulating on, in that sense, because a lot of it's sort of about the tension, right, between, like, be, being an immigrant in America and being, like, you know, like, this this is a community here for me that's exciting and valuable, but, you know, it, it might be that much more, like, back where I came from, you know? It's, like, the tension between wanting to be in America and, like, the, the community you find your, for yourself there versus back where wherever it is that you would have came from. And, like, it's sort of just sort of, like, about, like, the... I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it's super cringy to use the word cultural melting pot anymore. But, like, just, like, asking, like, if that's worth it or valuable, you know? Like, to people, like, just asking, like... Do I actually want this, even? And I think the movie, like, gets at a point where it's like, yeah, we do very much. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's interesting. It's about, like... It, it's not found family. It's, like, found culture, in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, I... I think... Yeah, go ahead, Elin. Well, I think that actually relates really well to Nina's arc in this movie. Right. Um, in terms of, uh, kind of... Because I think it's obviously, like, her central struggle, at least in this version of her kind of arc in the story, is kind of reasserting, kind of like, yeah, like, Abuela Claudia kind of introduces the, in their first scene together, which is the, you know, being able to sort of, like, centralize kind of your own dignity and sense of self, sense of, which, you know, culture, all of that is a part of it. And I think that her journey through that ends up culminating in why, in the why and the comfort to make the decision to go back to Stanford at the end of the movie because um, because she kind of has a stronger sense of that now. She, I think that at the beginning of the movie, she was more so, um, you know, obviously going through a new experience like she did and that she kind of attests to at some certain moments. Um, it can be hard to feel like a, a little fish in a big, new, different pond. Right. Um, and so then, and when you're kind of, and, you know, sometimes your your environment obviously kind of helps you to kind of feel secure in yourself and kind of who you are and what you do. And then when you're in a totally new place, um, you just kind of get kind of thrown off. And sometimes you can it can be hard to kind of keep everything together, sort of. Um, and so I think, yeah, what her essentially what her time back in Washington Heights in the setting of this movie does, I feel like, is really kind of, uh, you know, allow her to centralize all of that. So she can have some more self-reliance within her to do that rather than kind of feeling more comfortable in the community, like you know, physically um, and whatnot. I kind of, right. I, I kind of got that sense. And that was kind of one of the more interesting changes I noticed. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a really unique, really cool yeah. thing that I think a lot of people definitely kind of uh, immigrant people from immigrant families can relate to for sure. Like not like in the musical, it's a lot about like, oh, it was, like, this was really challenging, like, I was alone, but also, like, I had to work three jobs and I couldn't keep up with my classes, and right. that's, that's where that tension is, whereas in this, like, they don't ever say, like, oh, Nina was failing and she couldn't, because she was, she had money problems, like, she, the tension is that she feels like her father's sacrifice for her, like, for her future is, like, too much, like right. that's she's not worth it and i like that's definitely something that's real mm-hmm. and then her arc to like to finalize or carry out with 
like this isn't a sacrifice if I can pour myself back into my own community. Right. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. I, re- I, I love that, like, as a change for this movie. Like, I think that's such a, a cool reflection of, like, where we are right now in our own culture. Right. And her dad even says, like, this is this is the moment where you, like, do better than me. And it's not because, <laughs> right, yeah. like, you're more educated, but, like, you are, like, you're going further in, like, what it means to be a human than I thought you could. And that's awesome as a parent. Right. I think that this version of Kevin is great. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. I'm Smith's... sorry that his wife is dead because her <laughs> right. song's awesome. Like, but... <laughs> Jimmy Smith's in this movie is like the most perfect, most friendly, most genial, most handsome dad. And like, yeah. I was just happy with that. I was like, yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> let's go. And like, for there to be a whole subplot about his like intolerance and his like weird relationship with black people. It's like, I don't think I want that for him. Like, I definitely mm-hmm. like this version where it's just like, it's Jimmy Smith and he's a good dad. I'm like, yeah, let's <laughs> go. Um, yeah. Oh, but one of the things here, like structurally, and this is like more about like the source material than it is about this particular adaptation. But like my number one thing about this movie that I wish was a little bit different is like so much of what's great about this movie is how like joyful it is a lot of the time, you know? It's, like, big and exuberant and happy, and I feel like, you know, not exclusively, obviously, but that's, like, a major element of it, and both of the, like, female leads of this movie are such huge downers, it feels like. It feels like every time there's, like, some big number and they're all, like, singing and rapping and, like, passing to each other, they'll, like, throw it to one of the female leads and they're, like... I don't know what to do. And you're like, no, 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 Go back, go back, go back, go back. No, no, no. Like, it just, like, stops you know, everything like, dead in its tracks every now. time. It won't Lucky be long now. It's great. It will, it will be long now. Like, that's such a fun exactly. song. I guess. That's and so good. It's not, like, exclusive. Like, it's not, like, 100% of the time. But I just felt that every time. It was like, I wish, like, the two, like, female leads in this movie got to be less sad i don't know i want like they you know uh what's her name vanessa like dances in the club and that's fine but like Mm -hmm. she doesn't like rap ever she doesn't have like a fun song she gets to sing or she's like having a good time with everybody you know it's so fun and uh, i guess she's she's kind of a downer during carnival (laughs) yeah yeah she is one of the she does sing about being powerless (laughs) yeah the sun is sunny they're having a bad time uh, yeah, I Not know. Why celebrate at a time like so this? So is everybody. The though. matriarch died, and she can't get a she can't get an apartment downtown. Right. Sunny's is undocumented. It's terrible. Right. Things are bad. But Sunny sings. Sunny has that whole thing he in sings, the pool. Nah, he goes. We are powerless. We are powerless. But earlier in the movie, they're the they're ninety six thousand. Yeah, the no, whole rappers and all the girls no, are like, Elon, do the rap. Elon, do the rap. He talk. He's talking about like. Like, injustice and stuff. It's not fun yeah. rapping. It's sad rapping. Yeah. In the, in the pool? pool? It? What? No, yeah. it's not. He's, no, like, in... he's like, what about immigration? What about da 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 No, yeah, he's a great, like, the character, like, is a great, um, is a great, that, that particular rap is great because it's, like, it's so high energy. It's, like, one of the most complicated, like, raps, like, to nail in the, sh- in the material. But, yeah, that's, it, the, the substance it. of it for sure is, like, what what is it? I, let me see if I can do it. Oh boy, let me get yeah. uh, It's been like, like almost Sunny, a decade. Elon, is Sunny point. is Sunny here with us right now? 
Let me let me yeah. let me give it a try. Yeah. Yo, with ninety six thousand, I'd finally fix housing. Give the body your computers with wireless web browsing. Your kids are living without a good education. Change the station. Teach them about gentrification. The rent is escalating. The rich are penetrating. We pay our corporations when we should be demonstrating. Uh, what? what about immigration? Politicians be hating. Uh, racism in this nation's gone from latent to blatant. I'll, uh, I'll catch my ticket and pick it and invent, invest in protests. Never lose my focus till the city takes notice. And you know this, man. I'll never <gasps> sleep because the city, um, because, uh, because the city has a, has a million promises for me to keep. I think it's the ghetto. Never mind. Yeah, but that's the rap. Yeah. And all he the did g- it. <laughs> it stayed in because his brain. Because the ghetto has a million promises for me to keep. There we go. There we go. And, and then I, I'll, I'll be first Sunny. Of, all, of course, of course. Of course. I'll be, I'll be Benny. But that's great. My point, my just my generalized <laughs> point. Everybody's very jubilant in this movie. It has moments of like elation and joy, except it feels like for the two female leads who are very sad and kind of a bummer most of the movie. That's just my my issue. What about yeah. like you would we would go off to Castle Garden? <laughs> like that's fun. What that's is that? Fun. I don't even remember what you're it's referring to. It's the song to. with Benny. So Benny, she's like, you know, it was actually really terrible at school, and I thought that I was a big fish, but I'm a little tiny fish at the top of a subway map. Oh, where they're on the building? And then building? Benny's like, everything's fun, everything's fun, and like... Oh, no, yeah, when they're in the park, when they're in the park, our, right. No, no, yeah, when they're in the park, Yeah. Like, let's, uh, let's go around our old stomping grounds. Right. Bay. <laughs> well, I think Do they people give... Say, people don't say um, bay anymore. I feel like they kind of get, like, I get, I get what you mean. Like, it'd be great for them to have, like, a for each of them to kind of have a high energy song. But I do think that they kind of provide the balance sort of to the movie. Right. Cause it's not that they don't have, mo- maybe, maybe they don't have a ton of musical moments, but they still have like just, you know, moments in the movie where they're, um, you know, where they're, you know, things are at least a little bit more jovial, but yeah, I think that they, they really kind of balance things out because I mean, obviously Nina, as we kind of talked about her arc is a really kind of, big kind of major philosophical one at least for the movie at mm-hmm. least is kind of the vehicle through which the movie's working through right. for that um vanessa's kind of interesting though because like i mean her arc isn't changed dramatically for the movie although in the in the musical they don't necessarily have the amount of detail about her aspirations to be like a designer yeah, per I, se. I love um, that like she has like she doesn't she's not just like i gotta get out of here i'm like <laughs> to to reference it's a wonderful life like I'm going to shake the dust off this crummy little town. I'm going to do something important. And then, like, there's no, like, what's the important thing? Like, she's like, I want to be a designer. And I can't, like, I, I'm i never going to get off the ground here. I, I really want to be in the fashion industry. And that's that's great. That's great. <laughs> it's really good. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I really yeah. like this movie. <laughs> I just want to say, like, Look at the Fireworks is such a fucking great song. This song rules. Yeah, like, it's blackout. not called Blackout. It's not called Look at the Fireworks. That's Fire. just what I like I about like it. The, I, like, I like the names that you're giving, giving these songs. <laughs> yeah, I like, don't know. Like, you called In the Heights, like, you said In the Heights is, like, Usnavi opens good, the good store. Morning. I said Good like, Morning Usnavi. Good Morning Usnavi. I thought it was called, I don't know, Look at the Fireworks. It's called In the Heights. It's the titular song. They don't say In the Heights in it. It's not how you name songs. In Washington Heights. Bam! And then in the heights, title no. card. In the heights, I yeah, I, 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 I what whatever. He says, "Good morning, Gusnavi." First, that's how songs but, work. So <laughs> I hate to break it to you no, guys. No, they say lights up in uh, Washington Heights up first. Among 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 the three of us, who's a professional musician? I think it's just me. 
So, uh, I think I know what um, I'm talking Elon about. Elon was in this musical. Elon was... Uh, of the three of us, who is the professional paid bowler, though? Did you get... Just <laughs> me. A word? Uh, Remember when we went bowling that one time? I don't know if you guys were there. <laughs> we were bowling, and it was, like, the black and black... Like, black light night. And so they oh, had, yeah. like, these special pins where if you hit a strike and there was, like, a bright pin at the front, then you won a dollar. Right. I won $2 that night. <laughs> I had the game of my life <laughs> at that bowling night. But I remember I won several dollars. Yeah, yes, yeah, even okay, both all right. bowlers, bitch. I'm the only non, you're right, okay. I'm the only non-professional bowler in the room. I can see the floor. Professional paid bowler. <laughs> paid to bowl. Uh... <laughs> I just want to uh, say super quick. I'll just derail us for a second. Love and see in the chat. Tosh is in the chat. Tosh doesn't show up very often. It's nice to see you. Food man or Dylan killing it. And Kate already left, but just happy to see the chat. Happy to see the chat popping off. I'm acknowledging you. What's up, sailors? Hello, chat. Uh, I also, okay. So this was, this is my last like real criticism of the movie. This is the only thing I had that like kind of bugged me. And it sort of crystallized when Anna told me what it was like immediately. Because the song that... Uh, what's the woman who dies name? Abuela, Abuela Claudia. Claudia. Abu- okay, yeah. So the song that Abuela sings like about her life and everything. <laughs> like, it is very, very weird to put that after Blackout when she's like about to die. When it's like you sing that song and you see her whole life. And then literally like right then she like dies. It weirdly feels like... Her, like, synapses firing as she dies, like, hallucination, like, at death's door in a way that just feels weird. Like, it feels like a weird way to pace that. And I'm told that in the musical, that came before Blackout, and then, like, Blackout happens, it's, like, this big thing, and then at the end of it, she dies. Which just feels a lot better to me. Uh, Yeah. So in the musical, 96,000 happens, and then pretty much directly after that is uh, Paciencia y Fe. (laughs) And, like, in the song, she's like, so what am I supposed to do now that I have this winning lotto ticket right. in my pocket to do it as I choose? Different musical. Right. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I do agree. It feels sh- like an odd place. I think that it would have worked just as well to, like, they because they change a lot of the lyrics to just have her... Like contemplating leaving because right. they already, she already talked with Usnavi about leaving. Uh huh. So like, just put it in there. Yeah, I think and then, so. And then like, we're like, I feel like John M. Chu like respects his audiences pretty well, mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't be like, as she's walking to the to the door, like he wouldn't do like weird flashbacks of like whatever <laughs> right. to the song, but you just like would understand that like she feels at peace and like good about right not having to go back home yeah but yeah that is it's it's a it's an odd placement but she dies even later than after the blackout because she sings a song in act two where she's like where oh a third of it's for me and a third of it's for you and a third of it's for sunny and then we're gonna go live it up drinking margs in the caribbean <laughs> and then she dies <laughs> so she dies like oh that's so weird which is like, she should die after the blackout, right? Right, yeah, that seems like, way better to me. That seems right? much more dramatic, like, so yeah. It, so where she dies is better in this movie. Yeah. But the placement of the song about her right. about her past, yeah. not as good. Giving the, like, uh, backstory we, yes. exposition song 
like literally As like the dying. instant before they just like kill her like right then feels so weird like i don't even know how to process that yeah. really i yeah I and mean, she gives breadcrumbs certainly before that but yeah i, I guess it, it can it can i could see i mean for me i i have some similar issues with it in terms of like kind of like almost them not like it's a it's a weird moment to process for sure because on the one hand, it could kind of work as like a life flashing before your eyes type of thing, right? Yeah, or at least just kind of thinking about your life when you know you're coming to the end. Um, but yeah, also yeah, and, and some and I don't know about you, Jackson. I think for me, it sounds like maybe we kind of had similar levels of kind of processing it because for someone who's kind of almost in some cases burdened with like the knowledge of like the original <laughs> right. story and like keeping track of the changes, <laughs> you're like, okay, bear. they're placing the song here, so. Like, what does this mean? How's this gonna? How's this moment gonna go from here? Um, it's definitely kind of. It's an interesting change for sure. Um, and but I, do, I feel like in this case, it is. It does end up working, even if it is probably a little yeah. bit of a head scratcher to some. <laughs> right. I would say. It's yeah. not my fave, but um, it's not like it's like this doesn't work at all. Right. That doesn't make sense. How could she die right now? <laughs> yeah. I think I think this. I think they took a lot of really interesting risks though, because you think about it and you think about like. Um, just how how well like the stage version works. Like mm. you have you introduce kind of the whole in a very similar fashion opening number. It it gives you a sense of the world. Good morning, you snobby. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good morning, you snobby. He doesn't say he talk about himself in the third person though. That's the thing. But everybody yeah, else does. Yeah, y'all. Hey, y'all. Good morning. But like. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, Talk you to have the that. Audience. <laughs> you're getting a sense of all the different characters. And then you have 96,000, and it's like it is that motif of like everybody like projecting their dreams and right. stuff, which is really what the whole movie, the motif, the whole movie embraces. Right. Um, and then there's this fun mystery: who won the lotto ticket? Like whose whose life in the community is going to be changed forever? Like we sold a winner, so somebody around here like is about to have their lives change. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then you have the the number is the same number, Pacentia y Fe, where she has that dramatic reveal at the end, and then. Yeah, intermission at the end of the blackout, like he, like Usnavi, like finds Abuela, and, they, and he has she has all the money. Yeah, and it's all that's crazy a huge that. difference too. Um, and then you have, and then, and then you have the whole thing where it just develops and develops. Um, and so I think it was an interesting risk to kind of not center the whole lottery mystery, sort of you know like the like the original version did, because that gave him a lot of opportunities to just have really kind of just instant like development. Right. Have this introduced here, reveal here, and then the unexpected kind of left turn obstacle here, which in the second act is her kind of um, passing right. uh, mm-hmm. untimely and everything. So I think that was really interesting. Um, <clears throat> I do like the way I do like the way they still kind of held on to it as a kind of um, last sort of gift from her. Certainly, um, I think I like the way they handle the actual lottery reveal because, like. In a certain way, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to speak on behalf of the musical, because obviously I don't really know it, I haven't, like, seen it firsthand, but, like, just having the character, like, win the lottery at the end of the second act feels kind of just, like, magical, you know? Whereas, like, in this, it's like, he's done all this stuff himself already, right? Like, he has these plans, and he's, like, about to execute this, like, huge thing, it's, like, him following his dreams, and... You know, like, as you're following the movie, it's like, oh, but there are still, like, these extra problems if only, you know, if only we could work on that, too. And then the lottery coming in right at the end, not only is that scene where he finds the ticket really good, just in terms of, like, narrative, you know, tension. But, like, I think that, like, that becomes, like, a a more—it becomes a relief 
rather than just like a, a plot uh, agent, you know? Because like mm-hmm. when he gets that ticket, it's like you're like not expecting it. At least I wasn't, and you're just like, oh, and he could use that for this and this, and this can like solve these other problems. It's it's a it's a a welcome surprise as opposed to just like something you sort of take for granted throughout the entire show, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Cause, yeah, because like Keys were yeah, saying earlier, obviously in the musical, like he wins the lottery, and then during Carnival de Barrio, like the whole kind of outdoor kind of courtyard thing, mm-hmm. um, he kind of reveals like, yo. Well, I won the lottery. We're super rich. I booked a flight for tomorrow. Like, it's already, like, the money's already at work. Kind of solving his current issues to fulfill his dream. Right. I think it's interesting, too, that, like, you see this definitely with Usnavi and Vanessa. Obviously, have that scene. I I, I just want to say this, too. I love the fact that um, Usnavi is really kind of, in his dream, he's really kind of challenged on it. Because you have the whole thing, the thing he says the whole movie, which is best days of my life, mm-hmm. and all that. And that is that one scene where he's fixing the fridge with Sonny, and he's like, dude, like, you were eight. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. And even, and even like, well, at another scene is like, do you really think it's going to be different there? You know? Like, so there's kind of, like, there is a little bit of interesting uh, kind of introspection in that, like, is his dream maybe a little bit naive or maybe a little bit biased? But, you know, you have Sonny saying, like, you know, I've lived here my whole life you know, like, this is, like, this is my place and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then you have kind of eventually uh, Usnavi and, and Nina, both their arcs kind of, kind of, uh, you know, um, you know, manifesting in not only kind of working towards their own dreams, but working for other people's dreams in terms of that kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have Nina kind of, her purpose really in the end is kind of, both of their purposes in a sense kind of stem from Sunny a little bit in that, like, she kind of realizes from, you know, having personally in her life somebody who she can relate to or kind of see the struggle of not being able to do what she's able to do in a sense kind of having that privilege of being uh of being a citizen mm-hmm. and wanting to kind of work work for other people who she knows um and even usnavi like again like in the musical obviously money's going to work on his dreams but in this i love the fact that he's just kind of automat he automatically thinks like i'm gonna use this money to pay for legal fees for, for right. sunny and whatnot mm-hmm. i think that was a really Which cool is... update for sure yeah and like because in in this we see like usnavi's like father like his family they were like that my dream is for my like child to be raised in america and like have these opportunities in america whereas like usnavi's like i think my dream is to go back home and and fix my father's like bar and live there because I think that's my dream and he early in the movie like superimposes this dream of like going back home and going back where we belonged onto Sonny and to like see him flip when he has the opportunity like monetarily to support Sonny's dream which is to like live in America and thrive in America is like it's so good I really like this movie you guys (laughs) I don't know what else to say it's good I'm a really big fan okay just really quickly, we're all clear that it wasn't actually Kamala Harris in that scene. It was just somebody who feels like Kamala Harris, correct? In which Wait, scene? Which scene? In that scene where it's they're like listening to the politician at the protest when he finds out he can't go to college. Keisha, you said Kamala oh, Harris. No, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah no, no. Anna well, was, I was talking about something that's been happening right now because it's it's a oh. whole thing. Anna was trying to convince me. We don't even me, get into it. Anna was trying to convince me that that was actually Kamala Harris having a cameo in the movie, no, and she's I was like, Asian. no, it's no. not. She doesn't, get a, she doesn't get a voice in there. <laughs> no. Uh, that would have been on Fox News the next. It would. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, like I said, because this is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about when we talk about this movie is like in relationship to the source material and like how it is as an adaptation and like, like all these things, but like in the Heights, like not in more than even like a popular Broadway musical in the Heights is a, a small a small potato in terms of, like, the cultural zeitgeist compared to something like Hamilton, even. Mm-hmm. And, like, 99% of people going to see this movie are just, are not going to have any idea, like, you know, how, how this all yeah. shook out in the original musical. It's just going to stand on its own in the eyes of the American public, I can only assume, you know? So it's it's interesting. I think that, like, a lot of what makes this so great is just like, the music in it, and it is, like, so, it's weird how confident it feels, because I feel like it might play as sort of, like, derivative of the, like, hip-hop musical fad, if you're, like, coming to it fresh, but I think, I think it even still comes across as fresh. (laughs) Well, exactly, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is, like, this is, like, it, this is, like, the one. Yeah. And. The prototypical hip-hop, hip-hopera. Yeah, and it's. I just, I wonder how it comes across, like, to an audience who's so acclimated to the hip-hop musical now. Like, does this feel special? Does this feel like something that stands on its own? Or does it feel like, like, another one of these, you know? Like, I, and that's not something I, like, have an answer to, or I could even, like, speculate about, I don't think. I just wonder, like, I wonder how it feels to somebody who doesn't have any context at all for this kind of thing. No, I think that's a good question, because I... I guess I was listening to a review today where somebody was kind of saying, like, initially, like, their impression of the movie from the trailers was that, like, oh, this is Lin-Manuel Miranda Project, Mm -hmm. has that Hamilton shtick. And I'm like, what shtick are you talking about? Like, those are two (laughs) different stories. Unless you're just talking about the style of music. But, like, I think that's interesting because, like, for me, like, being introduced to it, like, like, pre In the Heights, for me, just personally, like, coming up, like, learning about plays and musicals, Mm -hmm. like, there was a particular, I don't know, like, genre type of music you were used to hearing whether it's like you know phantom of the opera or just like other more kind of classical musicals um and then you kind of have i don't necessarily think that in the heights is responsible for like kind of the ushering in of like pop and hip-hop which i think now is really really Mm -hmm. prolific stylistically on broadway but um because i think that probably more so started with maybe something more of like a rent or something like that but um yeah But I think it kind of builds on that in terms of like bringing like, yeah, like the soundscape and bringing like the, the, the full on kind of music and energy of that. And just having like just plain setting, like setting it in um, a community with, with real people. Right. um, And kind of, and just using that, using the authenticity of that, um, I think was just kind of, was powerful to me. Like when I saw that. Um, because I mean, yeah, there's, and there's been a kind of great conversation happening with, you know, the press tour and, and a lot of people kind of saying, I even, I know even Lynn Miranda has kind of been talking about the fact that like, you know, these movies are so important because, you know, box office is an important thing. And when you don't give, um, you know, actors, Latino actors, other, you know, uh, POC actors like at bats, you know, you aren't able to create people that test internationally well, you right. know, um, cause that can be just a big detriment in making movies like that for sure so i think that just all of that um just on a just a you know interesting like just kind of art level right of kind of more things like that being made um i think that's so important and then just artistically like i just i don't know i i think that 
I think that because I, I think in general, like just not just hip hop musicals, but hip hop as a music genre has pervaded, um, you know, pop culture so much that even just like the familiarity, I think will actually really help um, kind of the charm of, of this movie and movies like this to come, I, I, I right. would hope. But yeah, that, yeah. that's what I, that's what you I can, like, think. Yeah. You can tell that like there is preciousness in these songs and like right. in these characters and and like a a beloved view of New York City like beyond a touristy view and a beloved understanding of like what it means to be an immigrant in America like all of these every element of this movie like you can feel that like on every scope it feels precious to the people who are making it and i think that really translates to the audience where like yeah okay i've seen hamilton before or like i've i listened to hamilton or i've i've i like hip-hop or whatever but it it transcends all of those things into making like a a real spectacle of 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 a love letter to a ton of different places right like i think a lot about the broadway musical in the sense that like i think broadway musicals and american animation are kind of unique in terms of art because they are are so 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 beholden to certain genres in a way that almost no other like broad mediums are and i think you know i think anime and japanese animation can be this way to a slightly lesser extent too but like american animation and broadway musicals particularly like not unilaterally but for the most part like are one thing like american animated movies are children's movies that are like fantastical whimsical adventures mm-hmm. like pretty much like 99% of the time it has become a, a a genre as much as it is a medium right and i think that like american broadway musicals are you know romantic dramas about about women who are dogged in their goals but then fall in love anyway <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. it's like the, these like very very particular things that these that these things are sort of pigeonholed into and i think it's a lot of the reason why those two mediums in particular have a really hard time getting traction in like mainstream culture a lot of the time um and i i think about in the heights particularly because i think like some of the most sort of transcendent like broadway musicals recently are the ones that break out of like what you expect them to be right like hamilton is the obvious example but I think about, like, Into the Woods. I think about, like, Lion King. You know, like, these things that are, Rent. like... Rent is a good one. Like, these things that are, like, really breaking the mold because musical theater is so often so, like, oppressively one thing, you know? And I think that In the Heights is sort of halfway there. I think, like, structurally and, like, plot-wise, it is it is a lot of the things that musical theaters... That musicals, I should say, like, tend to be. But I think, like, sonically it's very different. And I think that's kind of what's most important about it. What's most influential about it is like the music really, really broke out and really became something that people were excited about. And I think that's sort of like the obvious stepping stone to Hamilton, but like that is, is one of the few musicals that feels like it has its own individual identity in a really, really strong way. You know, am I making sense? No, yeah. that totally makes sense because I, I was doing a piggyback off you to be like, I think it's even more simple than that in terms of, I love the comparison you make because not only, because it's kind of that genre medium thing. Right. So I think that both uh, American animation and 
musical theater can even just be more kind of A to B in terms of like, um, you know, like, oh, it's di- like, I remember like, uh, like Brad Bird when mm-hmm. Incredibles 2 came out, like he got like a tweet, uh, he replied to a tweet from somebody saying like, why was all of this, this and that in like a, a kid's movie? And he kind of questioned like, why did you assume that it was a kid's movie? Right. You know? And just kind of those kind of things where, like, it's, you know, the more that we can kind of break out of that and kind of diversify, consider those things more so mediums and genres, absolutely. Because I think that some people would probably not necessarily presume that, like, the most profound, you know, dramatic performances would come out of musical theater or right. American animation. Or just, like, maybe not performances, but just, like, general storytelling art in general. Um, I'm thinking mostly of musicals, though, because I think that a lot of people kind of see it as um really and also in american animation where it's just it's just a you know a revolving door of adaptations of familiar brands of familiar cartoons or children's stories Mm -hmm. where it can all be it can all be kind of here and here where it's all just very you know stereotypical jazz hands energy happy (laughs) right yeah not a lot of nuance Mm -hmm. you know all of those kind of things um you know, and I think, yeah, in terms of like, sure, that stuff sells well and that's that, that, you know, that translates to pretty reliable consumers. But yeah, also carving out the space for different things. I definitely think that's something that In the Heights does. I think that's what a lot of musicals, these, I think there's been a really kind of interesting run just in the 2010s alone of just, um, you know, Tony nominated musicals, right. uh, kind of being able to do that. Even just like more recently, as recently as like a year, two years ago with like something like The Band's Visit, which is an adaptation of like an independent film about like, huh. uh, about uh, just about human beings in the Middle East. It's a very kind of, it's almost in a similar kind of way about like kind of dreams, but also just about adults that, you know, have bittersweet aspects to their life, but they also right. have, you know, love and all this other stuff. Just kind of, you know, being able to really strengthen the medium as a thing that can express right. more than one thing for sure. I guess Wicked too. I mean, Wicked really crossed over into the mainstream yeah, in a big way. That that yeah. sort of broke the mold a lot. I'm just trying to think. They like, did. Go through. Do you know how many times they did Defying Gravity on Glee? Like four. They did. <laughs> I am shocked to find that they did anything more than once. How many? How many different contexts they did can def- you do? So, 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 so. <laughs> they it it would be they were doing a diva off. It was it was um, Rachel and Kurt. They were seeing who was the diva of the group. And then years later, they were like, it's actually uh, Rachel versus Kurt versus Mercedes because Mercedes should have been in that group all along. I think that Defying Gravity is like the second most like redone song on Glee. But first it goes, it goes, don't stop believing uh, Defying Gravity and then Teenage Dream, both done by Darren Chris. That's a lot. That sure is a lot. Oh, they do Toxic twice as well. Was there ever... I just, just correct me on the timeline on this. Was there ever any overlap between Hamilton and Glee? No. Thank Hamilton Christ. and what? Sorry. No. Thank Hamilton Christ. and Glee. Yeah. Okay. We really, oh, yeah, no. we dodged a we ball really, there because because Glee ended our senior year, and then that's around when Hamilton was like pre, pre previewing. Okay. Okay. Uh, on off Broadway, so I would know. I'm proficient <laughs> in both. Right. <laughs> any Glee questions? Please shoot them my way. We talk. I shouldn't say we talk a lot about Glee. I should say you talk a lot about Glee on this podcast. I, don't, I hold back my Glee comments. <laughs> I have to. I have to screen them. Like you, there are times in my 
in my life outside of this square, this perimeter, where I will have the same conversation about Glee with my sister, with my friend, <laughs> with my other friends. Like, we'll all, and like, the, like, on the same day, we'll be like, do you remember the grilled cheeses episode? Do you remember how powerful that was? Okay. So, so. Quintessential Glee. Here's what we found on this podcast. Before you came on, Keisha, we found that we were talking about Star Wars, like, every episode. Like, no matter what episode it was. Like, Star Wars always came up and it would dominate, like, 20 minutes of the podcast. So our solution was, let's just do the Star Wars movie. We'll have a healthy outlet for it. So I'm wondering if we need to just start doing Glee seasons? Like, how do we... I'm willing to do whatever it takes to stop this, is what I'm trying to say. Listen, I would love an outlet... To just talk about Glee, another one. But the thing is, is that to quote to quote The Exorcist, I'm sorry, but it won't stop. Like, <laughs> if I talk, if you let me talk about Glee, it's just gonna snowball into a Glee podcast. podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe that's what we do on I Patreon. I have a lot of- to say. I have a lot to say about Glee. <laughs> maybe our Patreon is just worms, all Glee but, uh... all the time. <laughs> I don't want to open a can of worms. Are either of you watching? I guess what's kind of an adjacent show uh high school musical the musical the series <laughs> yeah Plus. i could have told you yeah not bad I've, so I'm wait okay yeah, wait pretty good can you guys explain something to me season yes. one they're doing high school musical that's the bit right season two right what are they doing now so season well, two olivia rodrigo oh she moved to denver <laughs> oh Oh, this, is she like, this drama. Okay, here's They're what I want to know. Beauty and the Beast. Okay, is is Olivia Rodrigo like in one episode or is she just fucking gone? No, she's in no, it. No, no, no. Sure, yeah. She's in it. Oh, it's okay. Just like, yeah. That's attention. It's oh, attention. okay. She's I thought I thought you were explaining that she got too big and she fucking left the show. Like, just left him in the dust. That's no, what I was expecting. Like, oh, whatever his name is, Johnny. I can't remember their names. But she was like, oh, I'm moving to Denver. We can't be mm. together anymore. And then they're like, oh, I'm so sad. Ugh. I've only seen the first couple of episodes of season two. Okay. So. No, so, no, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, still, they're still together. They're, they're, they're doing still together. Like but it's, yeah. it's drama. Because the drama <laughs> is that in real life, they broke up. But they're the video together in the, music, in the show. Oh, my gosh. You guys, we can talk about this if you want. <laughs> okay. I... I'm so uh, what I'm trying to get at is how can they justify calling it High School Musical the musical of the series if they're not doing High School Musical anymore? Cuz they're doing a High School Musical. It's in oh, it's the high, whole no, point no, 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 is no, no, that no. they did okay. they did High School Musical in the actual school East High. Like that's the that's the like that's the back door, but that, now they're just High School Musical. It's a musical, the musical of the series. They should just call it High School and he Musical. And he sings Bet on it. He sings Bet on it. That's from High School Musical too. They're still singing High School Musical songs. So wait, just okay, 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 okay. Next question: Is it is the show itself a musical? Like, do they just break yes. into song? Yes. Okay. And is it songs yes. from High School yeah. Musical? Some. Season one, yeah. Some. There, there are some. There, there are some really talented. Uh, singer-songwriters on this show, obviously Olivia Rodrigo included. Right. Uh, and so they'll they'll kind of have their own like character songs. Some of it, though, is kind of grounded. Like, a lot of it is like singing in rehearsal or um, 
you know, a lot of it is, I should say. There are some kind right. of that verge into musical fantasy sort okay, of. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is like singing in rehearsal or somebody singing to somebody else or singing back the song they just wrote right. and stuff like that. Because so, yeah. I was going to ask, like, how do they reckon with the songs just being genuine expressions of their own emotion in the canon as they as they just sing? Versus yeah. then they have There's... to actually literally sing the song on the stage later. How does yeah. that... How well, I mean, that's the I whole mean, thing about Glee, it, is that some of the works. songs are diegetic and some of them aren't, you know? And you but have they're to not the same song. But they don't do the same song Sometimes. both ways. Really? Sometimes, yes. That's uh, fucked up. You shouldn't be allowed to do that's that. That's it. Let's talk about Glee. Let's watch Glee <laughs> okay. on the, the Glee cast. <laughs> we'll do a brainstorming session. There's got to be some way for us to do this. <laughs> It won't be... Listen, I'm just telling you it's not going to quell it. It's only going to fuel my <laughs> okay. fire. Um, uh, do we have anything else to say? How are we feeling about In the Heights? Do we have a, any closing thoughts? Yeah. Can I give my miscellaneous? Yeah, go for it. My miscellaneous goes... Anthony Ramos. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal performance. Right. He sounded great and he acted it great. And like the difference between his like older self... Spoilers, I guess telling this not really like he, you can tell he's older like his storytelling so i thought they kind of looked exactly precisely the same but it was more fancy i know but like but like you it's <laughs> obviously like he's telling a story from his past you know okay i, I like, agree I to disagree he, i guess I i'm sorry i don't want to shut you down but okay <laughs> i thought he looked well, and sounded okay. identical and i never would have been able to tell the difference i don't think they're trying to age him up or anything right. i just think that he like performs both like the storytelling, I'm telling you a story to my kids part. Right. He does that well. And also just like the rest of the movie, I think he does a really great job. I'm a big fan of him right. and his fiance. They're, they're all great. And then also Valentina was in this from RuPaul's Drag Race season nine and all stars. Okay. Four. Oh, in you. the, in the salon, in that number, in No Me Diga? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's why you reacted like that. Yeah, I, I, freaked I, 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 I freaked out. I freaked out. That's why like, you oh behaved God, that way. In the movie theater. Yeah. It was Valentina. Oh, yeah. I love Valentina. Valentina is yeah. a star. She was also in the, she was Angel in Rent Live. So. Oh, cool. Right on. I was just very excited to see her. Um, Patrick Page, Luma Well Miranda's parents, they were all there. <laughs> that was exciting and fun. And it made me cry. Good, yeah. Good cameos. Um, also, was, the one, the Hamilton uh, hold music cameo. Yes, the Hamilton in the hold scene music. with Jimmy Smits. That was fun. Oh, that was one of those he's on ones. The, he's on the phone and it's King George. Right. Song. Yeah. Anna reacted very strongly to that. I didn't get it. Now I know. Now I know. E- We're all learning. Elon and I were both like, yeah. Ha 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 ha. Good yeah. one. Good one. Very good. I see what you did there. She did lean over to me also, and tell me that the guy in the ice exciting. cream store was the guy who played. George Washington, so yes. that was like the bit. Yeah, and he was the original Benny. So on Broadway, oh, okay. Lynn obviously played Usnavi, and then the guy, Mr. Softy guy, he played the original Benny on Broadway. If you watch Lin Manuel cool Miranda's um, his drunk history, he's like on the phone with him with Benny slash. Oh my gosh, what's his name? You just said his name. What's his name in real life? Chris, 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 Jackson? Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson. He's on oh, the really? phone with him, and he's like, he's like. Hey, I love you so much. Like, whenever I have a job, you have a job. So, <laughs> like, I, like, 
Which is true, though. Like, right. Hamilton, Moana. Like, he does the singing voice of the dad in Moana. The right. coconut yeah. song, Jack, yeah, that you love. Yeah, yeah, to consider my the coconut song. My favorite song, unironically, is my favorite song. <laughs> you have to because consider the Chris coconut. Jackson. You have to consider its leaves. <laughs> consider its tree. <laughs> its tree. What's the lyric? It's both. Consider it's both. Oh, okay, they do it twice. You consider okay. its tree and its leaves. Okay. You consider the, all wait, no, of the, the trunks and the trunks and the leaves. Is that something? I need to look. You, I you, should. No, yes, yes, yes. I should yes, know the is. lyrics of this You're song. I say right that so often. <laughs> but they're B, they're BFFs. Lin Manuel Miranda I was concerned about because I thought like his voice isn't the strongest, and usually like the Paragua guy is like belting and all of these riffs and da 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 da. But he sounded great. It was so good. It was a fun little bit part for him. And all of the set pieces were really fun, and I'm glad that it wasn't just like, here's our corner. Right, It's just yeah. the corner. Because that's something that you can't do in the musical. Right. Where, like, it's not like you can have a pool in a <laughs> right. musical, but to, like, have, like, we're going to celebrate the park here, and we're going to celebrate the pool, and we're going to celebrate the corner store, and we're going to celebrate the street, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I thought that was all really wonderful. So, I, yeah, I my think. My final thought is. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, wait, yeah, you go. I was just going to say, my final thought is I think it was a really great adaptation. I think it exists as a musical very well. I think it exists as a movie very well. And I'm going to, I'm literally going to watch it again tomorrow in theaters. So <laughs> okay, I'm, cool. I'm sold. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I love how practical this movie is. Like, and obviously it was never really going to be like a big goopy, like Marvel movie or whatever. But like, it's just the sort of thing. It's like, they're like filming on location. Like these aren't just like sets in a parking lot in Atlanta, you know? And, like, it, it's just, like, that, like, X factor of, like, blockbuster movies that feels so missing so often. Uh, I, like, literally, as I was, like, killing time in between when I finished the movie and I and I sat down for the show, I watched the, like, behind-the-scenes special for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And the section where they, like, talk about, like, the VFX work they do in that show is so... It's, like, it's such a weird feeling to watch. Because on the one hand, you're, like... I never would have even realized that was a special effects shot. I couldn't have ever known. Like, it looks so good and it's so seamless, it doesn't even register to me like that. But then it's like, oh yeah, so this truck was in Georgia and the plates we shot were in Moscow. But we decided we didn't <laughs> like that, so we painted out... We did real shots with a real truck without any green screens or anything, but we painted out all of the scenery and replaced it with scenery from somewhere else that we shot later. And I'm like, why? Like, all of these things you have to do in post-production, and it's, like, everything just feels so, like, weirdly manufactured, you know? Like, in this way that's, like, and it's getting better all the time, and you notice it less and less, but it's still just, like, a matter of, like, feel, you know? And it just, I, I think this, what this movie really has going for it, if they're filming in New York, they got a real pool, they're, like, doing stuff, there's people... There's a bunch of people and they're all real. None of them are robots or computers or whatever. And they're all dancing and singing, you know? And, like, that's all this movie yeah. needs to be. And it and is even, that like, so much. And even, like, the fantastical, like, Nina, like, sees her younger self and, like, right. is chasing after her. Like, that's all, like, it's still a real human girl. Right. That just, like, looks like her a little bit. And that's, and it's just such a cool storytelling element that's way yeah. different than the other songs that she's not a part of. It's just, it was so fun to see like, the inventiveness of, like, how do we make a musical in a movie? This right. movie is so inventive. 
And I really, like, every how do song we, feels individual and unique. How do we make a musical in a musical in a show? The age-old question. Mm-hmm. And not just do the <laughs> musical on screen. Because, like, that's, you can do that. That's fine. But, right. like, it's so cool that they did this. It's so awesome. Because I would have been just, I would have been perfectly happy if they had just performed the songs the way that they did in the musical. Right. On stage. But I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon that, like, <laughs> They have all of this, like, animated stuff with 96,000, and they have... Right. Like, That's super fun. Just, just, oh, God, it's so cool. <laughs> Elon, do you have any final <laughs> final words? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it was... I, again, I love the fact that this movie is being so, so, so well embraced, just in terms of, like, you know, certainly kind of critically, and it's, it seems kind of from a community sense, a lot of really good positive reactions just from folks going to movie theaters thus far. Um, I think that's great for the genre, I'll say particularly, because I had to think that, yeah, just in a year where we're getting a lot of other right. great, uh, you know, musical, um, movie musical content coming later, it's just, just going to be a... Especially we'll in back a post-Cats world. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cat, cats is it's it's fine for what it is, but um, but just this year, I think we'll look back and kind of and see just a great run of like really incredible, yeah, um, incredibly realized movie musicals, and I think this will definitely be up there with them. Um, I just I love the fact, I love the fact that people are br- embracing the positivity of it. I do think, as we were kind of saying earlier, it kind of it doubles down on more of the kind of scope of doubling down on the the positive the explosiveness of that positivity but it also doesn't shy away from the nuance of other things maybe not some of the other kind of subplots we talked about earlier but it Mm -hmm. certainly gets to the nuance hence the balance of vanessa and nina's kind of more bittersweet arc not to say that everybody doesn't have a bittersweet arc right um but a lot of them kind of have the balance of having you know more it's uh, lyrical bombastic yeah musical moments so i think i think that this movie is so unapologetically like big and bright and beautiful but also doesn't shy away from getting into some of the nuance i think that the work from uh the you know the original book writer obviously chiara um, alegria who this um just did amazing work on updating the screenplay for like kind of kija was saying translating this story kind of now from a i think you said a post bush um administration era and <laughs> everything bush administration. i think yeah 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 i think yeah and it's because it, obviously that was on broadway like you know 10 years ago more than 10 years ago so I just think the work on that was really great. The music's great. I don't, for me, I don't think that there's a weak performance in this movie. I think everybody from Anthony Ramos to uh, Gregory Diaz. I think Corey Hawkins just. I think he's probably for oh, me the most recognized. So maybe good. after Jimmy Smith's most recognizable actor. Which one is probably he? Probably for a lot of people. Uh, Corey is, Hawkins plays Benny. Benny. Oh, okay, okay. He was yeah. in. He was Malcolm in The Walking Dead. Okay, I believe you. Yeah, he's and in this great he movie. Left. He, he, he died, plays Dr. Dre. We like, he plays Dr. No, Dre in uh, Dr. Dre. Straight Outta Compton, oh, which is right. a great movie. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's just, yeah, he's a great performer. He's also been on stage as well. Um, I just think he was so well cast for that part as well. But yeah, and even just kind of some of the newer actors, like both uh, Van- uh, Vanessa, Nina, Leslie Grace, and Melissa Barrera, respectively, uh, some of their kind of fur. I know Leslie Grace is actually a, a musical artist grammy-winning kind of latina music um artist and so this is her first like kind of acting role um and melissa barrera kind of first like major um feature role as well so i think just kind of from you know the new to the veteran in terms of the uh, jimmy smith's olga meredith's all those yeah. really great actors i just think that everyone was great what was that she reprised her role she played she yeah. was the original by claudia which yeah is yeah she was and tony nominated 
for that role, yeah. And then she just yeah, she was great in this movie. I just yeah, I just I just love the fact that they that they were not afraid to really just express the beauty and the and the nuance of just a neighborhood. I think like Corhan was saying, this the one of the strongest things this movie has going for it is not only the the great music that already comes with it, but just the the strong sense of setting and how much right. that adds to the substance of the songwriting. I think interestingly enough, I'll kind of bring in like Greatest Showman. Like I think that is a great example of a movie that has like amazing music, like the substance mm-hmm. of the music and the songwriting. I think it's great. Um, but I just think the movie overall in other areas than that is kind of a little too uneven to be as fully realized as I think in the Heights is right. as a movie musical. So I, I love, I love that. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, just beautiful movie, beautiful story. I hope people go see it as John Chu kind of tweeted, you know, um, you know, buying tickets to go see it, you know, box office is a vote for mo- mo- more right. movies like this to be made down the line. So certainly, you know, if you have HBO max, if you want to, if you, if you're, um, you know, feeling safe to go to movie theater and see it, certainly go see it because, um, you know, it's definitely, it'll definitely help if you love this and you want more like it, certainly go see it in the theaters for sure. I really don't think this movie would be nearly as fun at home, you know, like just that first time, you know, like a theater experience for this is just so, so great. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I have a take. I have a broad take about the, about the, the, Broadway the take? art of filmmaking in general. <laughs> I have a rule that I think directors should follow and it's this. I think that every movie should take place either during a particularly hot summer or at Christmas time. All movies always <laughs> make them better. No reason to not do that, I think. But like taking place in one particular season, so you, you mean yeah, just well, those staying in that season. And especially hot summer where everyone's like, Oh, it's the highest summer on record, I can't believe it's boiling up over here. Or Christmas time, getting ready for Christmas time. Climax happens on Christmas Day. What? Name a movie that wouldn't be better that way. I'll wait. Groundhog so you don't Day. Want, you don't want to. You don't want to see any more movies where the seasons change and you see that. Groundhog Day. It's literally <laughs> about how the, like a dreary February day. And how living. Okay, that fine. I'll write a pardon worthy. for Groundhog Day. I th- it took me. It took me ten seconds to think of that example. I can think of seventy more. Seventy more. <laughs> a lot of movies. <laughs> weatherman, the Weatherman with Nicolas Cage. What if, oh, come on, the Weatherman would have been a hundred times better if it was Christmas time, Keisha. No, it wouldn't. The whole point is that he's better at predicting the weather. It's not fun so? at Christmas. It's fun to have snow at Christmas. It's not fun to have cold weather any other time. It would have been better if it were set at Christmas time. Disagree. <laughs> okay. Do you want to do our plug? Uh, Are we done? Brother Bear Two Bro- takes oh. place during the spring equinox. <laughs> let me let me just also say, J- Jackson, did you stay for the post credit? I did not. I was not oh, aware of no. the post credit. I did there not. Post- so I- everybody, oh, I'm not going to reveal it because I just went back on HBO Max today to watch it. <laughs> oh, okay. It was great. So if you go to the theater or you watch the HBO Max, whatever, just just wait for the post post credit scene. Like very very. Okay. End. Okay. Noted. Yeah. We should have stayed, Elin. Uh, we were already way later than we should have been because of the. The fire. Yeah. The fire, not the fireworks. Right. But the fire uh, in the mall. Keisha, why don't you yes. uh, let us know about where you the good people can follow us and what they can do. I will. Hello, good people. Thank you for listening to my tirade on musical theater. I don't get to express this side of myself very often anymore in the real world, so I appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed our conversation, you can 
follow us. Uh, not follow us. You can join our Discord. Yes. Uh, I believe that there's a link available for you. Yes. We talk about on lots Twitch. Of on Twitch, in our bio, is a link to the Discord server. In our bio, there's a link to our Discord server. There, we talk about cool stuff like movies and other podcasts and TV shows and Glee, maybe. If anyone do you wants want, to talk about Glee, I'll talk you can, about it. Do you, do you want me to start a Glee channel for you, Keith? No, it would, just, it would be me alone. It would be so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, you can share your stuff that you've been making. We can talk about fruit. You can give, send us a meme. It's a good space. I like that. I say it's it every good, week, but it's, it's a, a good Discord server that I very much enjoy being a part of. Yeah, so join our Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jackson at No Nerds Pod. You can follow Adeline, who is a no-show today, at Hollow Backhorse. You can follow us. Uh, wait, did I say No Nerds Pod? You said Pod? No Nerds you Pod guys, for me. A... It's Jepper Pod. You can follow, for me. You can follow Jeff at Jackson at Jepper. <laughs> guys, I drank this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. We got, we got, we got it all out. You can follow. Yeah, you can see it. You I can almost see got it. through the whole thing. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I'm fired up. I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Oh, and I should plug, and... I have a video essay that I just came out with a few days oh, ago. Oh, yeah, it was really good. Thank you. It's all about Marvel movies and, and the line of criticism that, that they can be military propaganda. And I did a lot of research, and I really unpacked that, and I put it together in a video. And if you haven't watched that, I encourage you to, because I'm very proud of it, and I think you'll like it. Thank you and good night. Yeah, the, and there's some some bonus content on our Spotify. You can listen to it there. It's true. In our podcast zone. Yeah, we do have some bonus you content. Do it. On podcast platforms. Okay. Uh, so would you guys like to also, hear? Also, okay. wait, no, 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 okay. no, I wasn't okay. done. Also, Elaine Hernandez, thank you yes. for joining us. Thank you for bringing your expertise because you know way more about In the Heights than both of us combined, probably. <laughs> Especially because Jackson doesn't know anything. No, very little. Um, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Elon J Hernandez, uh, Instagram at IJH32. Um, yeah, like I said, go see this movie in theaters. Uh, use your use your money as a vote for more movies like this. Not even just you know uh, you know whether it's musicals it's themselves or just musicals with people that you know that look like um, you know uh, uh, people of color, Latino, um, and even just you know more hip hop musicals and whatnot. Um, yeah, go go movies. Yeah. No Nobody see you. Directed by people of color. Yeah, freaky freaky. So, would you guys like to hear a one star review of In the Heights? Hit me. Uh, so this person, I have a follow up. Is it to from this. Anna? <laughs> it's not from Anna. <laughs> I was ragging on Anna. She likes the movie just fine. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just like to tease her about being a snob about a, musical a theater. Critiques. Yeah. If you have a couple critiques, then you don't like uh, it. So this review comes from Letterbox.com, and this person says. Basically, diversity, the musical, uh, I'll pass. But here's the follow-up, okay? I, I dove deep okay. on this guy's account. I was like, is this a bit? Very much not. Big Zack Snyder oh. guy. Big Zack Snyder guy, but there's a catch. Uh, I want to read an excerpt from his review of Watchmen, Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Uh, and he gives it two stars out of five. And he says... I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan, but no amount of fandom can make something good when the source material is so dull. This guy doesn't like Watchmen. What's his deal? That's all. There's like not weird. brown I, people and he doesn't like doesn't Watchmen. Like, like, how can you... Like, what kind of person is that? Okay, anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. <laughs> my name is Keisha Rhodes. 
And I'm Elon Hernandez. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. Uh, oh, and I forgot to say, uh, we're being played out, but the next week is... What movie? I forget already. Luca! Luca, Luca with Luca. Anna, and I think we'll all be there for that Watch one. Watch it on Disney+. Plus. See you next week. Goodbye.